Let's open our Bibles again to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 starting from verse 31. Romans chapter 8 starting from verse 31. The Bible says here in Romans 8 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Amen? Amen. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? Who is the one who justifies? Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus, he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Amen? For Codus, God intercedes. For Derek, God intercedes. For Dakota, God intercedes. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we are overwhelmingly conqueror through whom who loved us. Amen. Amen. Uh, for I am convinced neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that may your word become revelation to your people. And may your word have free course in the service this morning. And I thank you for your divine utterance in my spirit to help your people for next few minutes. And may your angels be involved in this service right now. With the help of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. The Bible says, who can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, the, the, the Bible also says, death cannot separate you. The Bible also says, that even the demons or the tribulations or the pressure in life will not separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, unless you walk away from him. Amen. Amen. Unless you walk away because of the distractions of this world. Unless you walk away because uh, of some excuses. Because you say, because of so and so, I'm not living my best life what God wants me to live. You might give excuses or you might have pity party. Uh, whatever it is, the Bible says, God will Deliver you from all these distractions, from all these tribulations, from the pressure of life, from the enemy, from, from demons, from hunger. Wh whatever the situation you're going through, the Lord will deliver you as long as you stay with him. The Bible says who can separate us from the love of Christ? Nobody can separate Derek and nobody can separate Curtis from the love of God in Christ Jesus unless they walk away. Unless they say, you know what, I don't need this anymore. I, 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 you know, I'm just going to go back into the world and struggle like how I'm struggling again. So the, the love of God is very powerful as you admonish, as you 
uh, as you cherish yourself to stay in the love of God and walk in the love of God. When Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God, when the sin came into this world, God didn't say, you know what, guys, uh, you, you, need to pay a, you need to pay a price, so you're condemned for eternity, you're going to burn in hell, and he didn't just, just didn't leave them there. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes, right? If Curtis believes, he can be saved. Amen? If somebody is not born again, if somebody is not living for Christ, if they can acknowledge and come back to Jesus Christ, if they can acknowledge and say, you know what, I'm tired of living this life in the dark, trying to put this image in front of people, but I'm done with this. I'm just going to come back to Jesus full time and I'm just going to live for him rather putting one, one leg in the world and one leg in the, in, in the church and say I'm just going to act and I'm going to pretend for because people are watching me but remember God is watching you from heaven whatever you do in your house when nobody's there God is watching you right and God is watching you what are you doing in, with your phone God is watching you. What do you do when the pressure comes and hits you? God is watching you. And the Bible says, whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. And with this uh, basic foundation, I, I would like to add on to what, pastor, what, what our pastor has been preaching having love in our homes, having love in our marriages. And if I can go a little further, having love in our relationships every day. In church, you know, as, as the church grows, we need to keep God on, on, on unforgiveness and bitterness, anger, miscommunication, misunderstandings. And it's very important to keep the love of God uh, in, in, in center. Uh, and the whole gospel is centered and anchors on the love of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God for those who believe. But the whole gospel is anchors as a backbone uh, with the love of Christ in it. Amen. And uh, not everybody probably uh, pays attention when you read this passage, uh, when you go through the Bible, but there's one particular chapter in the Bible. It's only one chapter. It's right next to Titus, and between Titus and Hebrews, it's called, uh, uh, however you want to say it, Philemon or Philemon, or however you want to say it, we're going to go through that passage this morning. Uh, I'm just going to read the whole chapter. It has 25 uh, scriptures in it. And for some of you, this might be your morning devotion. So just pay attention to this this morning. Because I know that some of you didn't read your Bible. You know, so just uh, uh, let, let the word of God speak to you. Let the word of God speak to you. Uh, Philemon, it's just one chapter. It's between Titus and Hebrews. Paul is writing to the church leader in Philemon. And this is how it goes. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker, and to Aphia, our sister, 
and to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Amen? In the early times, they didn't have buildings, so they had to meet in a church. So don't go and start a church in your house. Amen? Unless God wants you to do it, and you have the grace to do it. Amen? And, uh, uh, and verse 3 says, Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always, making mention of you in my prayers. Because I, he I hear of your love and of the faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. Notice this. I hear your love and faith. Not only towards Jesus Christ, but towards the body of Christ. Amen. Towards the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. In verse 6, the Bible also says, I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective. Notice that. I pray the fellowship of your faith may be become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. You know, there are good things invested in your life. The day you are born again, the day you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, their divine things have been invested in your spirit and those things will come up and rise up as you continue to fellowship with God, as you continue to pray in the Holy Spirit, as you continue to read the word of God and come to local church and stay in the services and as you hear the word of Christ through your pastor, you know what? Those good things will rise up from deep inside, inside out and there'll be a transformation. Amen. In verse 7, I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. Therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is proper, yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, since I am such a person as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Verse 10, this is where the gospel begins, what we need to do. I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my prison imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. I have sent him back to you in person that is sending my very heart, whom I wish to keep with me so that on your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent, I did not want to do anything so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion but of your own free will. For perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while that you would have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you regard me a partner, accept him as you would me. But if he has wronged you in any way, owes you anything, Charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it not to mention to you 
that you owe to me even your own self as well. Yes, my brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you since I know that you will do even more than what I say. At the same time, also separate, uh, also prepare a lodging for I hope that through your prayers, I will be given to you. Ephorus, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus greets you as do Mark and whatever that name is, Archestius is how you pronounce it, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. You know, Paul is writing uh, from, from the prison to, to, to Philemon, who is one of the church leaders in Colossae. Paul planted a church and he was writing to the church uh, to Philemon, who was the, one of the leading leaders in Colossae, and he was uh, recommending and he was encouraging that Philemon will take back Onesimus because uh, in, in, in the early church time when the Roman government was ruling around the world, uh, it, it, was, you know, it was common for the higher uh, citizens and caliber people to own some slaves, and, uh, and Philemon had some slaves and Onesimus was one of the guys uh, under working for Philemon and Onesimus did something wrong to Philemon and ran away from him. And he ran away and he met Philemon in, in, in the prison and while Paul was in prison, Paul began to witness and share Jesus with uh, Onesimus and uh, during the course of time, Onesimus became a born-again Christian. And when he became a born-again Christian, he began to serve Paul in the prison and help him to preach the gospel and serve him no matter, you know, whatever Paul needs, he was there to help him. And uh, as, as, the, as he began to grow in the Lord, Paul said, you know what, it's time for you to go home. It's time for you to go home and reconcile some things with your, with, with your master, Philemon. So I'm just going to write a letter and you're going to take the letter and give it to Philemon and Lord willing, he's going to accept you as a brother in the Lord, but not as a slave. So Paul is writing this letter to Philemon, one of the church leaders at Colossae, and you, you, we read it together and he's encouraging uh, and admonishing uh, Philemon to accept Onesimus not as a slave anymore. You know, the word Onesimus, when you, when you look in the Greek, it means useful, right? So he was useless at one time as a slave, but because now he's born again Christian, now he's part of the kingdom of God and he has God's inheritance in him, Paul is uh, admonishing and uh, encouraging Philemon to receive Onesimus, not as a slave anymore. Yeah. Not as somebody who is not useless anymore, but somebody who is useful in the kingdom of God, yeah. in the body of Christ. Somebody who can have dignity and, uh, and confidence and an image that they can do something in life what God created them to do, rather being a slave under being somebody and being condemned and just going through life with pressure 
you know, uh, you know, Paul is encouraging Philemon to do this. And if you stand uh, in, uh, in the shoes of Philemon, when he read this letter, he might be wondering, why I need to forgive one of Simeus? He did wrong. He ran away from me. And now he's coming back. And Paul is writing this letter to him and saying, accept him as a brother, but not as a slave. Right? So that was a transformation in, in, in that early church uh, age when the Roman government was ruling. Uh, it, it, you know, they, they can do whatever they want to do as Roman citizens. If they have slaves under them, because Philemon was, was a Roman citizen, and he can do whatever he wants to do. He can completely disregard Paul's letter to him and say, you know what? I'm going to let my feelings take care of Onesimus and I'm going to just, you know, be emotional today and do whatever I want to do in my flesh. Right? But by the grace of God, even though he was a Roman citizen, even though he was one of the church leaders at Colossae, you know, Philemon took that uh, letter and uh, you know, made it practical in his life and let the gospel speak. Let the gospel be in action. Let the love of God minister through Philemon to Onesimus and receive him as a, uh, not as a slave, but as a brother in the Lord. Amen. Amen. And you, you have to see three different characters here. You see Paul in prison and Paul is in prison and he is in chains, but he's still not having a pity party about himself that God, why I'm in this prison? God, why did you put me here? You know, he didn't have all this nonsense in his life. He's on a mission. Wherever he is, he's going to share the love of Jesus. He's going to heal. He's going to lay hands on people so they can be healed and people can be delivered and filled with the Holy Spirit. That was his mandate, writing letters from prison to encourage the body of Christ at that time. So Paul didn't have any excuses in his life. And while he was in prison, as he found Onesimus, who was a slave, ran away, and who was in trouble, who was uh, going through some uh, dysfunction in his life, Paul brings him on the side and began to disciple him, began to share Jesus with him, and began to encourage him and say, you know what, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And who can separate you from the love of Christ, uh, from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, you know, and he began to encourage him and say, I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to disciple you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you on the side as a brother, but not as a slave. Amen. And he began to mentor him and encourage him. And finally, when the day came, when Paul knows that, you know what, he's ready to go home, he wrote a letter. He wrote a letter and said, go and give it to Philemon, your master, and believe God that things will change. Amen? And uh, remember, Onesimus has every kind of excuse in his human mind to run away from prison again. And not to go to his master to reconcile things. But he had enough guts 
and he had enough you know common sense and the mind of Christ in him to face the trouble instead of walking away from the trouble he goes with that letter and I bet he had you know in those times you know transportation is very slow probably he has to walk or he might have to uh, be on the horseback or a chariot, whatever the transport system is, probably he had thoughts in his mind, why I need to take this letter to uh, Philemon? Why I need to listen to Paul? I don't want to face this pressure. I don't want to go through this uh, you know, uh, situation right now and he can back off. He could have backed off and he could have went away, but you know what? He was bold enough and he was confident that the love of Christ will, 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 will strengthen him and will make a way and reconcile things and he took a step. You know, Paul did what he needs to do while he was in prison, ministering and reaching out to Onesimus and encouraging him, saying, you know what? You don't need to be a slave anymore. You don't need to struggle anymore. You don't need to be, you know, you don't need to go through pressure anymore. But let me share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. Let me give you the hope I have so that you, you see me, you, you might see me in natural, in bone chains. But let me tell you, I have the hope of glory living inside of me. And because of the hope of glory living inside of me, I don't give a rip to whatever is going around me. I'm just going to write letters to churches to encourage them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mentor people. I'm going to disciple people. I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ because the gospel of Jesus Christ began to bear fruit since Jesus went to heaven. If you read the book of Acts, you know what the book of, you know how the book of Acts ends? The book of Acts ends, the kingdom of God began to grow. The kingdom of God began to grow. Right? As you read in, 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 in the church letters, in, in the epistles, Galatians, Colossians, Ephesians, in every passage the gospel says, the scripture says, the gospel began to grow and bear fruit. Right? No matter what's going on in our nation, no matter what's going around the world, the gospel is in action. The gospel is bearing fruit. The gospel is the power of God for those who believe. To save them, to heal them, to deliver them, to restore their marriages, to restore their relationships, for the prodigals to come back to Jesus. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ is in action as you go, the Lord is going with you. As you make those reconciliations in your relationships at home, in your marriages, with your co-workers, with your friends, the gospel is going to work on your behalf and the power of God will restore things for a wife and a husband, for a friend and a brother, for a sister, for a mother. Whatever the situation is, God will restore things for you and I. Amen? Amen. You know, most of you probably don't know this, but you know this one. California is a liberal state, right? You agree with that? But you know, I had a lunch with a pastor two months ago when I was in California. And this pastor, uh, he told me there, there, there were 40 churches during the pandemic last year that never closed their church doors. Do you know that? 
It's a liberal state. They even wrote a letter to the governor, but the governor never, never, never responded to them. And they have a church of size of 100 and, 100 and 150 people in each congregation. 40 churches stood a stand and they never closed the church. And they were able to open the doors and preach the gospel. The reason why I'm sharing this, sometimes we wonder, are we the only ones? As, uh, as Elijah told the Lord, you know, Lord, I feel like I'm the only one working for you. And I'm the only one not bowing my knee uh, to these Baal prophets and to this uh, Jezebel, whatever they're going on. But the Lord said, uh, you know what, there, there, there's 7,000 people who still have not bowed their knee to the Baal prophets or to the idol worship or to the Jezebel. And you know what? They're remnant still in our nation. They're remnant still around the world, praying and standing in the gap and fighting a good fight of faith and holding on to the promises of God and believing that there'll be a great awakening, there'll be a revival, then the rapture, then Jesus will come back and all these things are going to come to pass as we do our job that the gospel can be in action. Amen? You know, as Paul didn't give a rip what's going on in his life, but he still began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to restore people like Onesimus. You know, you and I don't have an excuse. Amen? And you might be in the shoes of Onesimus. You, you are in a situation with somebody. You need to reconcile things. You need to go back and talk to them. You might have to adjust some things in your marriage, in your, in your relationships in the church. You know what? As the church grows large and big, there's going to be problems. Do you know that? You know that. Right? But we need to take care of those businesses. And we need to go and talk to those people and reconcile things. Uh, and instead of having, uh, he's coming, so I'm going to go this side. You know, she's coming from there, so let me go and talk to somebody else here. You know, if you're going to do that, you know, your bonds won't be full. You know, you know, most of, you know you're faithful in giving tithe into the house of God. But you know, let me tell you something. Just giving tithe will not work. You need to walk in love. You need to walk in forgiveness. You need to humble yourself and be big enough like Onesimus. Go and deal with that problem and situation and pressure so that things can be resolved. So that your faith is in action and bear fruit in the house, at work, in the local church. Wherever you are, your faith is going to be in action and bear fruit. Amen? So, be a Onesimus today. Go and deal with the pressure. Go and reconcile with things, with people, with circumstances, and close the door to the enemy so that you're not bombarded in your mind, you're not bombarded, you know, when you go to bed, that you can walk in the peace of God, in the love of God. In, 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 his, in, his, in his will so that you're not being shaken when the pressure comes and hits your marriage, your relationships, your families, your prodigals coming back. Amen? So be a Paul. Wherever you are, be a Paul. 
Bring somebody next to you. Mentor them. Pray for them. Stand in the gap behind the scenes that they will come to Jesus. That they will know the knowledge of his will and his wisdom and understanding in their life. Amen. And encourage them. You know, I met this guy a year ago during the pandemic. He was homeless for a while and he don't, he don't have a family. Somebody adopted him and he began to help me uh, in my business. And I began to work with him and read the scriptures every day, pray with him. There are many times he wants to give up and he wants to go back onto the streets. But you know what I told him? If you cannot handle pressure, that spirit is going to follow you wherever you go. And you're still going to have the same moments. You know, to make it short, I gave him a, a good foundation from the scripture. And one of the things he told me before, you know, I let him go this year because as I said, I'm, I'm in a transition right now. Uh, I, you know, he said, uh, uh, thank you. you. You let me see the life on the good side. What his life is about. Not what I have been through all my life. You know, thank you. You know, and trusting me. So, find people. There are many people like that you can find. In your own family. In the local church. As the church grows, you know, there are many baby Christians you're going to come across. And those baby Christians, they need your help. You know, most of the time, what happens as you keep on growing... Sometimes you might act like you're the holy one and you don't want to mess up with those people, you know, or don't want to talk to them or fellowship with them or, you know, just act like, you know, you, you, you know you're, you're, a, you're a bonafide, you know, holy ghost, you know, you know you're, you're soup or something like that, you know, your, your, your life is good, but, you know, just be careful. You know what Brother Hagen said? Brother Kenneth Hagen said, you're going to give an account of how you deal and how you treat those born again Christians, those baby Christians when they come into the local church. Because they don't know what you know. Right? So it's very important because you know how to pray, you know how to believe, and they're not talking, uh, uh, you know, according to the Bible, right, at that moment. Don't just disregard them. Right? You need to find those onesimias in your life and encourage them, disciple them, and love on them, and pray with them, and, and believe God the best in them. Right? Love never fails. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Right? So love never fails. So if you have the love of Christ in you, you're not going to give up on somebody. You know, I have a little bit of problem and sometimes my wife helps me in this area. <laughs> you know, I have more grace to handle a sinner or a baby Christian. But I don't really tolerate much. Somebody is a grown up, you know, 30 years, 30 years old in the Lord Jesus. You know, if they have been in the church for 30 years or 20 years, and if they know something from the scriptures, and if they're still acting like a, you know, uh, something, you know, uh, you know, I don't tolerate that, Amen. right? Exactly. You know, you can, you can give grace to unsaved because they don't know anything. Amen. You can give grace to a baby Christian because they're just born again, so they need help. Amen. 
But somebody who's been in the Lord for 30 or 40 years and they're acting like, you know, a uh, bunch of baloney, they, they, uh, uh, you know, just, just, you know, just, you know, hit them with the Bible and say, you know, be healed or be delivered in, in Jesus' name, whatever you want to do in a proper way. So uh, anyway, you know, be a Paul wherever you are. Be a Paul in your house. Be a Paul in the local church. Be a Paul at workplace. Be a Paul at grocery stores. Amen? At the restaurants. Find, look for opportunities because life is not just about you, but it's about people around you. You know, Pastor Nancy, she always makes this statement when she does these master classes for the Fresh Oil Fellowship. She makes this statement and says, ministry is not about you, but ministry is about people. If you don't have, if you, if you don't love people, if you don't care for them, and if you don't treat them right, you don't have any ministry. You know, whom you, you know, whom you're going to preach to, <laughs> right? So you have to, you know, there's a balance how you balance things in life with people and circumstances. So we need to love people and we need to, you know, disciple them and bring them on the side because they did something wrong. You cannot completely close the door on them. You know, just work with them. Amen? Work with them. My parents, they gave me a good foundation. They, they always told me to be thankful. They always told me to respect and they always told me, you know, do, you know just keep working hard in life and uh, they told me, don't forget where you come from, you know, when you grow big. They, they, they put right things in my life. And, uh, you know, that really helped me when I came to United States. Uh, but being with Pastor Cody, you know, there's some things, you know, I didn't do right. But he didn't just close the door and say, you know what, you're done. You know, I, have a, I still have a problem with being on time, you know, but I'm working on it. Chelsea helps me at home. Uh, to live on time. And there are many times, pastor told me, I will be at this place by 8 o'clock, but I needed to be there by 7.50 because he says, uh, he says something, if I can say it to you. Uh, 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 early is on time. On time is late. And late is shameful. Right? So uh, I, I'm still working. And uh, I, I'm 80% I'm getting better. 20% I had to work. Uh, so, uh, examples like that. Examples like that. Uh, you know, people investing in your life, so they see something big in you. They see that, you know, God will use you. So, uh, you know, be, be a Paul wherever you are. And also be like on a serious, take care of business. Go and handle the pressure. Reconcile things, forgive people, love on them, and, and reconnect back uh, with them if you have a fallen relationship, if you burned a bridge with somebody. You know, go back and reconcile things. Amen? You know, in your own marriage, you know, with your wife and husband, reconcile things. Be onesimious in your own marriage, with your children, you know, with, with your relationships. You know, be a onesimious so that you can be useful for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The last thing is Philemon. You know, Philemon had every opportunity not to accept that letter from Paul and not to accept onesimious as a brother in the Lord. But Philemon had enough 
love of God in him and common sense in him and say, you know what? I'm going to respect this uh, apostle who is uh, planting churches. He has took time to write for me while he was in prison. So I'm going to admonish and I'm going to receive this letter in humility. And he not only received the letter, but he put the letter into practice. And he brought Onesimus as a brother in the Lord, but not as a slave. He didn't condemn him. He didn't throw him back into the prison or he didn't hurt him or kill him, but he let him go free. He let him go free. Amen. Amen. You know what the church history says? Because what Paul did in the prison to, uh, to raise Onesimus as a disciple and because what Philemon did accepting Onesimus back as a brother uh, into the kingdom of God, you know what happened? The product of that? The church history says before Onesimus died, he was a bishop of a church, a overseer in Turkey during the Roman government. Amen? During the Roman government. You know, if you go, I don't know if you're going to ever going to go, but uh, there's a place called Istanbul in, in Turkey. That's where he overseen a church on a Simeus and God began to use him because there are two characters in his life began to show the love of Christ in him, began to disciple and accept him and treat him how God wants to treat him because of those two characters. Onesimus became a pastor of a church. Onesimus began to change that community at that time during the Roman government in Turkey, in Istanbul, and he became a pillar in the body of Christ. Amen? So you can do that with your marriages. You can do that with your relationships. You can do that at workplace because there will be Onesimus who can be useful for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? So I encourage you, I challenge you not to give up on people, Amen. not to give up on life, not to just, you know, uh, walk away from pressure, but go through the pressure in life and do what you need to do and fight a good fight of faith. Amen. Fight a good fight of faith. Amen? Amen? It's 1140. Give me a few minutes. I'll close it. But uh, I, I, I want you to... I wanted to think these things practically. I wanted to think these things practically because nobody is perfect here. Nobody is perfect here. If you're not, if you're perfect, you won't be here today. Even the ones on the live stream. Even the ones who are not here today, they need help. You know, but you can reach out to them. You can reach out to them. You can pray for them. You can encourage them. That the love of Christ is bearing fruit in their life. And you can be a Paul. You can be a Philemon. That people around you can be changed. Can be useful as Onesimus in the kingdom of God. Amen. In the kingdom of God. And uh, th this one thing I want to leave with you. There was a brother. Uh, there was a brother four days ago. This brother told me his son uh, you know, went and married a guy four days ago. And he told me and said, can you pray with me? And I said, yes, I'll pray with you. And uh, I, 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 I began to believe God with this person. But I told him, 
you need to say this prayer every day for your son. And I said, you know, pray Ephesians chapter 1 from 17 to 20 that the eyes of the, your son's heart's understanding being enlightened that he may know the hope of God's calling in his life. Right? And I also said, every time you have a thought, tell that thought that the power of God is working in my son. Behind the scenes, things will change. You know what happened yesterday? He called me back yesterday evening and said, my son came back to my house and he's going to live with me now. You know? That's a great victory for him. You know, four days ago, he got messed up and he was with the wrong person and he's, you know, you know, guy doesn't marry, a boy doesn't marry a boy, right? You know, boy marries a girl when the time is right. Girl marries a boy when the time is right. Amen? So, what I want to leave, pray Ephesians prayers for yourself and also for those people God puts in your life that the eyes of their hearts understanding being enlightened that they may know the hope of God's calling in their life. Amen. You know, the, the hope of God's calling in your marriage yeah. to restore things. Amen. The hope of God's calling in somebody's life, you know, who's been, uh, who's been uh, uh, you know, uh, emotionally hurt, physically hurt, you know, as you began to pray that, Father, I thank you. The hope of your calling is being uh, restoring things emotionally, physically for so and so. And I thank you that your power is working in them. And your angels are at work in this situation. As you began to pray, God will restore things in your re relationships, in your marriages, with your brothers and sisters at work and God can use you. God can use you as one of Simeus. You know, I got a phone call. Uh, I got a phone call from Germany a month ago. My cousin called me at 10.30 in the night and I didn't pick up because I was sleeping. But uh, she, she, she texted me. So then uh, I thought it's emergency. So I looked at the text and uh, she, uh, she lives in Germany but her mother lives in India. Her mother was unconscious and she was not breathing. Oxygen levels were not going to the brain. So they were taking her to the hospital. So she said, you know what? Can you pray and believe God with me? And I, I know I was asleep, but I got up. I went into the kitchen uh, from the bedroom and I began to check my spirit and I began to ask, you know, Father, uh, how I need to pray? How I need to believe God in this situation? And the first thing the Lord told me, take authority over the, this situation. So I took authority in Jesus' name and said, Father, by the blood of Jesus Christ, no weapon which is formed against my aunt shall not prevail in Jesus' name. And I thank you that your power is working in her brain, in her oxygen levels, that she's going to breathe, she's going to be alive, and she's going to open up her eyes and speak. And I told my cousin, all, this is all you need to say. The power of God is working and uh, no weapon which is formed against your mom shall not prevail. And I hanged up the phone and then I called, the, I called India 
and there was one more cousin with her mother in, in the ICU, so she gave me the phone. I asked her, is your mom op uh, open her eyes and talking? And she said, no, she's unconscious and she's not even talking. I said, go to her ear and began to tell that mom, you're going to live. You're going to live and God's power is working in your brain, in your oxygen levels to you know, breathe and you're going to live. And, uh, you know, and we began to praise God. That, uh, that's all I told them to do. Don't do anything other than what I told you. And I went back to sleep at 11.30 in the night. I got a text message from my cousin from Germany saying, you know, my mom, you know, she's breathing now. You know, she opened her eyes now. And uh, the doctors told she was this close to dying, but God did a miracle. You know, uh, and the power of God began to work. The power of God began to work. So, uh, you know, speak life. What were your relationships? What were your circumstances? What were your needs and pressure that things will change in the course of time? And be patient with prodigals. Be patient with your loved ones. Be patient and believe the best in them. Amen? And believe the best for our nation. You know, some people think, is this the end? But I don't think this is the end. You know, I believe the best in our nation. You know, there's going to be a great awakening. There's going to be a Holy Spirit revival. And our church will have a part in it. And you're going to be used by God as you are open and ready to be used by God. And, you know, we're going to see these great things. And that's the reason, I believe that's the reason why I'm here in, in America from India. Because my time, I'm doing what I'm doing right now in the ministry. But I know my time is coming. Yes. I'll be more busy. My family will be more busy, Chelsea and I and my kids. So I'm waiting for my time. You wait for your time and prepare yourself. Meanwhile, find Onesimus in your life. Meanwhile, be a Philemon and accept people. Meanwhile, be a Paul and bring somebody onto your side and help them. Amen? And if you would close your eyes, it's almost noon.